You probably made Welcome again to Practical Rambling Fathers. Today we're going to talk about theological virtues. Theological virtues are faith, hope, and love. Why are they called theological? Well, theo meaning God and logical meaning logical. <laughs> and they're virtues, so they're good. So the theological virtues are the <laughs> indirect correlation to God. So faith, hope, and love are in direct correlation to God. And so they are placed in our souls at baptism. They're infused into our soul by God himself. So, when we're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. There's not an amen after that. Anyways, God is the origin, the motive, and the object of all of these. And so I can't really technically say I have faith that my car is going to start in the morning because God's got nothing to do with that, really. Or I, or I hope that your day goes well. Or I hope that your day goes well. Or, you know, I love pizza. Uh, those are not exactly what we're talking about here. So it's, um, it's infused by God and it starts there. So Tay's going to go first and talk about faith. So in the Catechism, number 1814, it reads... Faith is, is a theological virtue by which we believe in God and believe all that he has said and revealed to us and that Holy Church proposes for our belief because he is truth itself. By faith, man freely commits his entire self to God. For this reason, the believer seeks to know and do God's will. The righteous shall live by faith. Living faith is works through charity. And this is a very difficult thing for, for, for a lot of people. Why? Because we're living in a world that when we experience sadness or trials, it makes us question our faith. Can God really carry out the promises that he has for me? And faith requires a lot of humility, saying, God, I don't, an I, I don't understand the answer right now, but I'm willing to trust you that what you have revealed to me and the whole Catholic Church is true and is good for my salvation I may struggle with some of the teachings because I have my own ideas, right? But humility asks me to trust in God so that he can slowly teach me and to understand more and deeper about the teachings of the faith. Just to add in there, right? So anything that I have is technically an opinion mm -hmm. because of just what Father Tate just read, right? The Holy Catholic Church proposes our belief because he is truth itself. So anything that isn't truth himself, isn't God, mm -hmm. uh, is only an opinion and, frankly, in some sense, doesn't matter. That's right. Opinions come and go. But the truth, when it's, the truth it holds its own because it's permanent. It's true in and of itself. So it's to conform our conscience, our life, in that submissiveness to the, the faith. Perfect. So. Continue on. Number 1815. The gift of faith remains in one who has not sinned against it. But faith apart from works is dead. One is deprived of hope and love. Faith does not fully unite the believer to Christ and does not make him a living member of his body. Ooh, tough words to swallow, but it's the truth. Because without, without faith and um, without that trust and the humility to trust in the Lord, why, then why are we going to church? Why bother being Christian, right? In order for us to have faith, we must live by it. And that's the hardest part. Our actions and our opinions should be correlation with what the church teaches. And then to clarify, it doesn't mean that we become mindless robots. It's for us to continue to open up the dialogue with God saying, help me to understand more. What you have to offer me is so much more than just salvation, but a community too as well. 
right? I live in a community of this mystical body, the church that I can't see, the heavens, you know, the church of heaven, the angel of saints, but yet they're all united. And when I, when I was baptized into the Catholic faith, I belong to this mystical body that I can't see, but yet I'm getting graces from it. And so when we don't have faith in God, that's why without faith in God, the world becomes so isolated and we become frustrated because we don't have the support that we need to grow. And now for the last paragraph of faith, number 1816. The disciple of Christ must not only keep the faith and live on it, but also profess it, confidently bear witness to it and spread it. All, however, must be prepared to confess Christ before men and to follow him along the way of the cross amidst the persecutions which the church never lacks. Service of and witness to the faith are necessary for salvation. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. What does this mean for us? It's like our marriage, right? When you see a man um, and a woman getting married together, what are some of the physical reminders that they're professing their vows together, which is permanent? The wedding rings. And the vows they make in front of the church. It's a lasting, binding permanent bond right and so and so how are these couples living out their faith are they wearing their their wedding rings proudly are they diving to their faith are they drawing from each other and saying you know i'm proud that i'm married to this particular spouse and i'm helping her to become saints or do we fall into that trap of saying maybe the, the other side is greener when, when things get hard in our in our marriages right everyone goes through this um, through this thing, but it's it's really the correlation of if we believe in our minds and our hearts, then it should come out through our works too. You cannot live a double life, you know. You cannot live a duplicit life. If you profess and you believe in God, then your actions and your character should reflect that. Boom, nicely said, nicely done. Thank you. All right, now we're on to uh, hope. So hope, what is hope? We're gonna tag team this one. Yep. Uh, hope is we desire the eternal life and the graces to merit it. So hope is placing our confidence in Jesus. So from the Catechism 817, hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Let us hold Fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The Holy Spirit, he poured upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace mm-hmm. and become heirs in hope of eternal life. So it's the response that we have in Jesus in our life. And so it's not mm-hmm. me just sitting back and taking life in, but it's going, it's an active, right? Because I have hope that God's redeemed me, now I'm living a life that God has redeemed me. Mm-hmm. Um, because my sins are forgiven in confession, now I have hope that I'm going through God to become more virtuous or become more of who he's calling me to be become ultimately a saint in eternal life with him so mm-hmm. it's like one of those inspirational quotes right if you knew you couldn't fail what would you do right so the same way it's the same with, with hope if we if we know that Christ has already won the battle then what what are we to be 
afraid of, right? And hope makes us different than any other part of God's creation, right? That's why humanity has always been different, that we have this hope. It gives us a reason to live. It gives us a reason to endure past the suffering of life or even the contradictions that we see exist in life or the paradoxes. We may not understand all of it, but why do we continue to push forward? It's because of that hope that says, Jesus is here. He's present. He's won the battle for me. So when I'm gone from this life, I will be united with him if I had lived a life of faith, hope, and love while here on earth. So one of the things that Father Beerman and I were talking about is hope is this, uh, you know, we use the word hope as I hope this horse wins the race. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I'm going to place my bets there, but I'm not quite sure if that's going to happen. But Christian, authentic Christian hope is uh, the race is already over. We know the horse that won it, and it's not too late for us to place our bets. So Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ has already conquered sin and death, and he just has to do that in my own life through my working with him and me using his sacraments and his church and everything that he is for me and for the church and his bride and all that. And as I do that, I become more and more um, filled with Jesus and um, more and more virtuous and hopeful and, and faith and love and charity and all those virtues we talked about. But as that goes on, um, it's not too late for us to place our bets, um, which means... We have the sureness of victory in Jesus. And so it's not a wishy-washy hope. Yep. I hope this, I hope that. Uh, it's a, an assurity of things. So hope, hope for sure. Right. Hope is the sure and steadfast anchor of the soul that enters where Jesus has gone as the forerunner on our behalf. Hope is also a weapon that protects us from the struggle of salvation. Let us put on the breastplate of faith and charity for the helmet of the helmet of salvation, and it affords us joy, even under trial. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient under tribulation. Oh. Hope is expressed and nourished in prayer, especially the Our Father, the summary of everything that hope leads us to desire. Give us this day our daily bread. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, everything that we desire. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful quote from Ephesians. I had that on my coffee mug. Put on the breastplate of God, right? Mm-hmm. We are soldiers, and we're going to win this battle. My Sweet. Lastly, last thing from the uh, catechism. We can therefore hope in the glory of heaven promised by God to those who love him and do his will. In every circumstances, each one of us should hope. With the grace of God to persevere to the end, to obtain the joy of heaven as God's eternal reward for the good works accomplished with grace of Christ. In hope the church prays for all men to be saved. She longs to be united with Christ, her bridegroom, in the glory of heaven. So that is hope, simply put. Charity. All right, into charity. Or otherwise known as? Love. Charity is the theological virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake and our neighbors as ourselves for love of God. So ultimately, we're not loving God because um, of the pains of hell, because we're afraid of being separated from him. But the actual fact, we don't want to be separated from him. 
And so everything I do, I put God first because mm -hmm. I want to love God above anything else. My neighbor, my sports team, my, you name it. I want to put God first um, so that I put uh, him and I do it for his sake. I don't do it um, because I'm scared of him because um, love casts out all fear, as it says somewhere in the Bible. Jesus makes this possible in the new covenant uh, that he brings by loving his own to the end. He makes manifest the Father's love, which he receives by loving by loving loving one another, the disciples imitate love of Jesus, which they themselves receive. Hence Jesus says, this is the Father who has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And again, this is my commandment, to love one another as I have loved you. Which, what is that love? That love ultimately is him laying down his life. And so this is where agape love comes in. Self-sacrificial love. I'm willing to give him myself, drop uh, my life for you, which is the great beauty call of marriage to lay down your life for your spouse to lay down your life for a friend um, as Jesus says and then to live that life uh, even into your uh, your children and your children for you and that real dynamic of how do I lay down my life for a friend how do I lay down my life for my loved ones uh, it's the fullness of the law love is because it fulfills um it fulfills all the law, all the Old Testament. So to love is to to, um, to keep the commandments, right? Abide in my love. You know if you abide in my love, if you keep my commandments, and you will abide in my love. And so Jesus telling us that real sense of to abide, to keep his commandments. Um, and this is the difference between knowing God, uh, knowing of God, and knowing God and acting as Christ and so to, to keep his commandments we know we have love if we do that so we know that we have Christ if we do that so he died for us while we were still his enemies and that's the big thing about this type of love is we're able to give uh, our lives even for our enemies um, forgive them father for they know not what they do is what comes from our hearts um, when we're being persecuted unjustly um, when trial is coming our way it's not to say, it's to unite myself to Jesus and to say, okay, Jesus is here. So, um, it's also the, it's the fullness, right? There's a lot more that could be said about love. So, um, it's the fullness of it, right? So, faith, hope, and love are the greatest of these, and what endures is love. Why is it? Because our faith will be realized, our hope will be fulfilled, and love is what endures because love is ultimately God. So, we will be loved for all eternity, so it never fails. Um, I guess we can do the three, we'll go into the three types of love, right? So, family love, friendship love. Eros love and agape love. So I love my family in a certain way. I love my friends in a certain way. The passionate eros, um, the physical love, is a certain is a love, but that is supposed to lead us to um, agape for us to be able to give us. So 
we grow in that, grow out of one into the other and move between and say we're all these different relationships. But the love that's given to us in, in baptism is this agape love, this charity that God uh, puts and fuses into our souls. So that is the theological virtues in a summitary way, getting through them. Um, knowing them, growing in them, all of us have a weak spot, so all of us have one of these to grow into. Some people I know, they, they have love that they need to grow into, they have faith, they have hope. Um, typically one of them is at work against us, and so we need to grow in, in the opposite. And so to do that, and then that's also true for... Uh, the cardinal virtues too. There's typically one that we're kind of deficient in, and so to work in that and to push against those tendencies and to, to grow, which is totally possible for God's grace in us. So that wraps up the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. Hope you found it helpful just to grow in one of them. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to us. We know it's a lot to take in, but all these virtues are very key because without these virtues, they won't give us the hope and, and the motivation to really get to know God and to live for God. All right, so God infused them into our souls, so we got them. Even if we don't, we can grow in them and take active steps to growing and pushing and persevering. It's also the root of all the other virtues. Once when we realize we're loved, once when we realize we have faith and hope, then it's way easier to continue to motiv be motivated through um, the Christian life, the Catholic life that we're all called to live, to become holy, to become saints. Bye. Goodbye and God bless.